All right, everyone. Welcome back to week two of the Resource Insider podcast, quarantined edition. Uh, it is currently Monday, and I am sitting down today with a gentleman named Mike Connard. Now, those of you who are Resource Insider members will know Mike because he is the CEO of Vizla Resources, one of the deals that we invested in last year. So we're going to catch up on Vizla and see what they're doing. But more importantly, you know, Mike is a young guy in the industry. He's about my age. He's been around in different roles. Uh, he's been an investor for some time now. He's one of the most well-connected uh, young people and frankly, well-respected young people that I'm calling them young people. He's really my age. I sound like I'm fucking 60 right now. But as a, as a younger guy, he's done an amazing job of setting himself up. And he is one of the future leaders in the industry. Actually, he's one of the current leaders of the industry. And we're just going to talk about, from his perspective, what he sees going on in his own life, his own portfolio, and some advice he might have for younger investors that are had been considering coming into the gold space, the precious metals space, and the mining space in general, and where they might be looking to position themselves and why this is such a good time to do that. So without further ado, my ramble is over. Mike, thanks for uh, sitting down today and having a chat with me. Thanks, Jamie. It's, uh, I think, the third or fourth uh, Zoom meeting I've done today, so I'm starting to get proficient at it. I think it's, uh, it seems like it's going to become a pretty big part of our, uh, our day-to-day going forward here. Man, I, uh, if there was ever a time, I was thinking about all the stocks I should have bought uh, <laughs> prior to this. I mean, there's obviously uh, all pharmacies, grocery stores, various medical supply companies, but also things like Zoom, Netflix, Crave, who all the all the um, streaming services. I think they're just going to get like blasted. Like I've been looking at different streaming services to buy. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I haven't even been watching that much TV. I've been so busy. But like, I don't really, I don't pretend to know exactly how these tech companies are actually valued. But if it has anything to do with user engagement, then they're going to be going through the roof. I think <laughs> in the next few weeks. Absolutely. And Amazon Prime too. Everybody's, you know, delivering, getting things delivered to their home. It's uh, a lot of these, these uh, tech companies are going to be beneficiaries, but I think um, overall the, the, the U.S. stock market has a, a pretty far drop in it to, to come. seems like. Yeah. It. Yeah. So before we get into all of that, I think it'd be best if we give uh, viewers or listeners a sort of 30,000 foot view of who you are and what Vizsla is and what you guys are focused on today. Can you give us that background? Yeah, definitely. So I, I started Vizsla a couple of years ago. Um, it was kind of a resource issuer company that I, I built, um, IPO'd on the, the, uh, the venture exchange and then subsequently built, uh, built a team around it. We didn't really have um, you know a major project to go after, but about a year into the company, I, I brought a, a few kind of notable directors and partners of mine on, on onto the board, and uh, we we came across a project down in Mexico. It's you know it's fantastic uh, district scale high grade silver that you've uh, you've been to, and um, you know it was kind of this this uh, really special opportunity that we had to to put our foot on a you know what seemed to be a a true district scale opportunity in silver. And so we did that. And, and over the last um, six months, we've raised uh, $6 million for, for drilling on the property. We've got a, an option that, that consolidated the whole whole district. And, and we've been having a lot of success with, uh, with exploration. And I think there's a lot more to come. So you guys came out of the gate really strong. We saw, you know, from where I came in at 40 cents, we saw the share price 
more than double in the first month out of the gate. You know, you guys put together a really aggressive drill program. You had some promising results come out. But you've had a hard hit, like many, many other junior miners um, over the last few weeks, understandably. And, you know, I think a lot of the challenges that juniors are facing right now is the fact that the market knows at some point they're going to need to refinance. They're going to need to raise more capital to advance programs. And with capital in a state of uh, frenzy at the moment, people are, I think, those are the first ones that often get cut from people's portfolios. So how are you guys managing um, this dilemma? And you've had a lot of shareholders remain in. You've got a big loyal following. How have you managed to convey confidence to them? And what should people who own the stock and are considering buying the stock know about what's going to happen at Vizal over the coming months in a, in a very uncertain time? Yeah, it was funny. We in January, we, we hit our all-time high, just under a dollar. Um, and then we were at a metals investment forum and, and everything was going quite well. It was quite exciting and uh, uh, in Vancouver. And then, and then fast forward a few weeks into um, run up to PDAC. And the, I was kind of on the way airport to PDAC. I was writing a new slide for a presentation, you know, just in the, in the taxi, basically talking about, um, you know, how, how we're going to deal with this problem that, that basically came over as far as we saw it overnight and, and uh, changed everything. Um, so, you know, how we're conveying confidence. I mean, we have a team that, that's built businesses in, in the worst bear market, um, you know, in the last 10 years, uh, you know, sold, sold businesses, um, you know, built, you know, we, we have an experienced team and that, that's what shows the confidence. We're, we're well-funded uh, and that's important. But uh, I think the, the most important thing that we're doing is just staying calm and analyzing the situation as it comes and, and taking the necessary precautions. It's uh, not something that we can make, make quick and, and um, rash decisions about. We just need to be patient and, and, uh, and calm. And, you know, safety permitting, health and safety permitting, is the plan to continue what is, you know, a pretty aggressive drill program to define a, a silver resource there in Mexico? Yeah, exactly. Um, we're, we're still drilling right now down at the project. We've set up a lot of uh, infrastructure around the, 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 the coronavirus. So we have a quarantine house. If we need it, we have all these procedures in place. We've, we've actually brought consultants, medical consultants into the, the, the local communities and we're uh, educating people in that area. We, we've, we've decided to have people stay home, the helpers stay home if they feel unwell and, and they'll still get, get compensation. So mm-hmm. we're being very proactive on the project level with that. And as long as it stays safe, to, to, to be there, we're, we're going to continue drilling, but you know, we're, we're, we're really cognizant of the fact that we, we're not trying to force people to go to work in, in a situation that will be dangerous. I mean, that's, that's the last thing we want to do. So we're, we're monitoring that day to day. And what's the outlook with respect to the virus in Sinaloa in the Mazatlan area? It's only been a few, um, you know, it's, it's actually had a call with someone you might remember Oscar from uh, the video. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There. Had a call with him today, and, and uh, you know Sinaloa seems to not be hit that hard uh, overall in Mexico. I believe there's just over 300 cases so far, um, maybe I think three three deaths or something so far. So it's not a you know still it's not a trivial number. We take it seriously, but it seems to me so far that that it hasn't had the same uh, prolific rise. But I think that's probably you know going to come at some point. I think it's going to come all over the world, but. The attitude in Mexico is, is, uh, is just be safe, but, you know, kind of continue 
um, some of these tools like drilling, but well, we're quite, our team's quite isolated from, from the city. So, so. Yeah. So you're not seeing these, uh, you know, aggressive lockdowns yet that we're seeing in the U S and it looks like they're going to be coming to Canada in the coming week or so. So there's still free movement. There's still, you can still get work done, but it kind of, it's a wait and see scenario to a degree. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, just got to make sure everybody's, everybody's safe. So. Okay, so you know, outside of what you do at Vizsla, you've been in the mining industry for you know well over a decade now. You've been in various roles. You've been a pretty aggressive uh, and committed investor, and I, we've talked about that at length uh, over the years. Can you can we have a conversation for a minute about sort of where you're looking and where you see opportunities in the space right now? Yeah, well, usually the the deals that I invest in are. Uh, my deals and, and I've done, I've done better than, um, than, than investing in the market, investing in, in, in my own deals. But this, this seems to me to be such a, such a screaming buy, such a, an, a you know, maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity to buy some of these, these gold stocks, uh, gold and silver stocks that, uh, that I've actually taken significant amount of cash uh, and allocated it towards uh, buying producers, developers, and, um, and, and streaming companies uh, in the market uh, over the past uh, few days here, past few trading sessions. So uh, it's funny you mentioned kind of, uh, I, have, I have been investing for a long time. The first stock I bought, I think when I was a, a teenager um, with, you know, birthday savings and that kind of stuff was Agnico Eagle. And I just bought, uh, I bought some of that the other day as well too. So I think specifically some of these Canadian uh, companies that have costs, um, you know, certainly in Canadian dollars, as well as uh, fuel as major inputs, and they have um, kind of isolated projects in the north. I think they're going to be less affected by the the virus. I think that their cost their their costs are going down, and they're getting paid in U.S. dollars for the, the gold that they produce. So that to me seems like it's going to create a, a great opportunity to become very profitable. And I think gold's going to be rising in the in the future here, continue to rise. And I think when um, you know general investors look to see who to buy, which stocks to buy, they're going to look at the ones that have become very, very profitable over the last uh, few months. Yeah, you know, you mentioned in the north and a bit isolated. That is a that is a factor I hadn't really considered uh, before talking to you about it earlier today. So you mentioned a Nico Eagle who obviously has a lot of operations, or not a lot, has operations in Nunavut, but I think also northern Finland, I think if I'm right on that. So you're getting these highly isolated camps that are fly in fly out that they're able to control uh, the flow of employees very very carefully as long as they are able to keep the virus out of there uh, you know there's to me it seems there's very little reason why they would have to shut down versus some of these more accessible projects maybe in I don't know for example the Nevadas in the world and normally I would say that that scenario is 100% flipped. You'd much prefer the accessible projects in Nevada, but this is a, is a unique time. Um, do you have any thoughts on timing to enter the market? You know, I, a lot of the conversations I've been having, that's what I've been trying to figure out. And I've been buying some stock now, and I've talked about buying Sandstorm, for example, uh, the other day. But for the most part, I've been waiting, and I've been holding cash, and I've been trying to time my entry, which is maybe a fool's game, but I, um, you know, I'm of the feeling it's probably going to get worse before it gets better. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I started having, uh, the dreaded FOMO 
uh, before I entered the the market there. I, I had this kind of this fear that that um, you know I don't think things will. I think there is a risk that things recover faster than than we expect. But I, I don't I don't. It seems to me that we're going to have um, you know a few more weeks or months of, of potential buying. But I did I did start my my initial positions on a number of names, specifically silver names. Um, this uh, this this actually earlier today. Um, and, uh, the reason for that is I, you know, I feel that, that silver's probably had, uh, at a, at the biggest, um, downside drop it's going to have, I, I think it's recovering. I think today it's up another dollar. Um, and you know, you look at names like Pan American who have shut down. I think that that probably for you know, priced in a little bit here so far, but, um, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be in it right now, um, than, than out of it. And, and I, I'm going to continue to add on, on weakness if that happens, but, um, you know, I'm very happy to, to kind of have these starter positions. So timing, you know, uh, it's, it's always so hard to say, but for me, it was kind of a, a gut feeling to, um, to jump into some of these names to start. Yeah, fair enough. Because, I mean, I think there's a good chance that we could still see companies get halved again, because the reality is there are going to be mines that get shut down. And no one knows for sure where that's going to be. We're seeing it in places like Peru already. You mentioned Pan Am. Uh, Pan America had already seen some mines shut down there. You know, could this happen in Nevada? Could this happen throughout Latin America and Mexico? Yeah, very likely, I think. I actually think a really interesting play for that is, I'm, and I'm waiting for some more mines to get shut down, is what the impact will be on streaming and royalty companies. Because when a stream or royalty uh, is halted, even temporarily, it tends to really crush the royalty companies, um, which is very ironic because they don't bear any of the responsibility for the continued operating capital costs, et cetera, et cetera, of having a mine on care and maintenance, but they tend to get penalized hard. So that in my mind could be a real buying opportunity. And I'm kind of waiting and seeing, you know, when it's going to happen and where it's going to happen. You know, maybe it won't. And from a bigger perspective, hopefully, you know, we're not seeing mines get shut down. But if we do, there's going to be some good opportunities and, you know, it's going to impact metal prices. You know, if we start seeing even five to 10% of the mines getting shut down, like I can't see how that's not just, you know, it doesn't have an astronomical effect on gold price or, or whatever metal that happens to be primarily affected. Yeah, that, that's particularly interesting in, in copper. I think, um, you know, you look at mines in Chile and Peru that are shutting down and they, listening to one of your earlier podcasts um, with um, uh, what's it, Warren Irwin, he was talking about uh, you know the recovery in Asia and the fact that they're 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 buying uh, metal like crazy. They're going to be buying metal like crazy. And then you have that sh- the shutdown of supply in um, in, uh, in South America. So I think particularly that might be helpful for the, for uh, for base metals. But I think when you look at what's happened with, uh, with gold and silver. Gold, let's, let's talk about gold particularly. I mean, the Fed just announced QE infinity, you know, times two. Let's go. I mean, it, it's just never going to end. It, it's unprecedented, and uh, they're basically going to do anything they can to get uh, get this economy out of uh, out of recession. Or, I mean, it's probably already in recession, but they're going to do anything that they can to um, stimulate the the, the economy um, with money printing, even helicopter money, that type of thing. Um, Gold moved up today on that news. Uh, I, I think you know, gold got got sold off, got thrown out um, with the bathwater when when um, you know everything else was collapsing, uh, and it and it created this this opportunity. And, and, and coupled with that, I mean, there was that JNUG 
um, ETF explosion, implosion, um, and, and now these, uh, you know, the juniors are kind of retesting their, um, their, 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 their uh, bottom from the, uh, uh, since 2010. So there's all these opportunities, I think, brought on by kind of these, uh, you know, basically by, by having the, the liquidity crunch and the margin, margin call over the last few weeks. So precious metals I'm bullish on right now. I think uh, probably the shutdown of the mines is going to lead to, uh, to um, good opportunities in copper shortly here soon. So what do you think um, investors that are new to the space should be thinking about? You know, there are a lot of guys and, and girls our age uh, who have experience investing. A lot of them uh, bought and some of them made a lot of money in the pot and weed stocks. Some of them, yeah, a, very, a much smaller amount, maybe made some money in the, the Bitcoin and the, uh, and the crypto stocks. But, you know, it's starting from a macro perspective, and I think anyone that's paying any attention will see it's starting to make a much stronger case to look at mining and particularly gold companies. For those, do you, do you see a lot of, you know, quote unquote millennials rushing into this space? Do you think there's something that they should keep in mind? And are there anything, do you have any advice for those entering this space for the first time, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Well, first of all, I'd say congratulations because I think you you picked the the right time to do it because I I think um, when the millennials and when when younger people enter the the mining stories, when things are going to have already moved up and people will be talking, oh, you know, I made this money on on this stock or look at how how profitable these companies are and it'll become vogue again. uh, um, You know, that always tends to happen in these cycles. I think in the past people have always said, oh, you know, gold's uh, or, or mining's antiquated, mining's over, and then you have a bull market in something, and that kind of uh, you know begets the interest of uh, uh, of other investors. So you know, I think you know, start looking if you if you haven't um, if you haven't put together a list of, of stocks you might want to buy in the industry. I think that would be a good place to start. But keep an eye on it, and and you know, it doesn't hurt to to buy a little bit to start. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny what you just said about how people they think. Uh, you know, mining's over or they, people want to stay away from mining. Probably, so PDAC 2019, so last year, I was on a panel for millennials in mining and how to get more millennials invested in mining. And I would say 80% of that conversation uh, and was moderated this way and, and engaged in this way was about how millennials didn't like mining because mining was dirty and mining was bad for the environment and mining wasn't as fun as tech and blah, 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 blah. And how do we get investors interested in mining again, millennial investors? So when it came to my time to talk, uh, you know, I was asked, you know, why aren't millennials investing in mining companies right now? And, and I didn't think it was because of mining being dirty or, or not being as sexy as tech. I thought that those answers were bullshit. I think the only reason millennials hadn't been invested in mining was because there's been very, very few opportunities to make money in the mining space in the last 10 years. And if you didn't sort of come up professionally in the industry like you or I did, it made a lot more sense to be putting your money into marijuana stocks and even you know blockchain, uh, Bitcoin, crypto stocks for a time being. But I think we're at a point now where that is going to change. And, you know, for those out there who are interested in venture stage companies, in venture capital, in taking a portion of their risk capital and putting it in things that have the potential for 10x returns, 
right now, you cannot beat mining companies, I don't think. I think tech, I think marijuana, I think all that stuff is just, you know, it's secondary or tertiary. Mining is in gold is where you want to be, at least for right now. Well, if you look at, you know, if you, again, if you look, go back and look at um, the U.S. stock market, um, I think the numbers are like, if it, t- it would take like 50, 56% sell-off um, to get to the long-term mean valuation, 74% uh, sell-off to get to one standard deviation below. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of, lot of pain in, 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 the, in the larger U.S. markets to come here. And that's where all these, you know, tech companies, the FANG and everything like that are involved in. Um, but, you know, we've already had that in mining. We've already had our, our bouncing off the bottom lows. Um, and, and the way up here is, is going to be so, so massive that uh, it's not, you won't be able to uh, avoid it. You know, it's going to be uh, popular. It's going to be topical. And then I think that's what's going to bring younger people into uh, to invest in. It only takes, you know, one one massive discovery to kind of set that off. I know we've, we've heard that how many times from, <laughs> from Rick Roll and whoever else, you know, at, at conferences, but, I, but it's true. And, uh, you know, we started to see some of those, like um, Silvercrest and the Great Bears of the world, and and uh, mm-hmm. I think that helps. It brings more people in, and, and uh, uh, but one one day soon, it's going to be really really roaring, and and uh, people are going to want to be part of it. I I couldn't agree more, and quite frankly, I am very much looking forward to seeing a complete decimation of the venture tech space. I am so annoyed with all these stupid companies that are another chat app that get like a $50 million check for like a 22 year old with a computer right out of the gate and no chance and no plan of making money ever in the future. So I think those things need to, you know, go away and die. And I'd love to see some of that capital redeployed in the mining space where even the venture companies, you know, even the exploration companies, the ones that are getting funded right now, they are tied to real assets. You know, there is, you know, Vizla is a perfect example. It's not cash flowing yet, but there's silver in the ground. There's a known asset there. There's the potential for returns. You know, this is where I think money is going to be wanting to go in the future. These crazy growth stories, they're for the time being, they're over. And I think people want something of real value and mining is going to deliver it. And I'm extremely excited about what we're going to be seeing out of the markets over the next six to 12 months. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And, you know, I think that's why you and I both kind of dedicated our, our professional lives to these, this, this um, industry, because you know, the potential is there to be very, very successful with this. So. All right, Mike, I know you got a lot of other calls and to make today and things to do. So I'll, I think we'll leave it at that, but Anything else you think our viewers should know about you or Vizsla or a good way to get a hold of you? Yeah, well, just um, visit our website, uh, vizslaresources.com. We have a pretty active social media um, accounts and lots of videos on there. But uh, if you want to reach out and, and, and talk to me, just uh, send an email or, or a call. And I will add to that, uh, you know, earlier this year, me and my team, we went down and saw Vizsla's site. We shot a really, really cool site visit video where we got to go underground, look at the project, talk to the geologists, and really help provide an idea to investors of the true value there. I had a great time. Um, I walked away extremely impressed. So that video is going to be coming out in probably the next two weeks. It's called Unknown Capital. It's the Vizsla edition. I highly recommend you follow our YouTube channel, Resource Insider, if you're not already. And if you're listening to this on, on audio, 
check us out on YouTube. This is a video as well. And you know, that's video is going to be coming out in a couple of weeks and I highly recommend you check it out. So Mike, thanks again for coming in and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Jamie. Take care. All right. You as well.